Hello, everyone, and welcome to Igniting the Spark, Talk Film Society Star Wars podcast. I am your host, Callie Smith, contributing writer at Talk Film Society and the resident Star Wars expert around here. And today I'll be discussing the first of the prequel trilogy, The Phantom Menace, with my special guest, who you may recognize from our intro episode, Marcelo Pico, the editor-in-chief at TFS. How is it going today, Marcelo? Hello, Callie. It's going great. Thanks for having me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah, I have, it's not, to, have to have you back. I was going to say, it's not like you're, I'm forcing you to, for me to be on the show or anything. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm actually very happy to be here. Uh, I love the show. It's going great. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and no, I'm just happy to talk Star Wars. To, to, hey, I know we're talking Phantom Menace. People may come with preconceived notions. Mm-hmm. You know, if people are jumping in, maybe they they might think this might be a negative slant on the Phantom Menace and Star Wars. But no, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not here for that. No, no and no. neither am I. No. <laughs> Thankfully, especially on days like today. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh um, my gosh. And yeah, speaking of which, uh, I do want to because we have already had an episode where we talked about it. Since we last talked, we've both now had the chance to see Rise of Skywalker. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, in as non-spoilery terms as I suppose we can get, um, ha- what are you? What are your opinions? <laughs> well, listen, they are complicated, <laughs> yeah. um, to say the least. Um, it's actually one. Well, of the of the main Skywalker saga, it's the one I haven't been. Uh, uh, either eager or haven't had time to see it again because i did Mm -hmm. see it at a press screening a few days before i wrote the review and i i mean i still stand by the review it's i give it as much credit as possible Mm -hmm. i don't think it's as like egregious to the entire like saga as maybe some people some people think Mm -hmm. um i still find it very enjoyable i still Mm -hmm. am uh, saying that, I'm still kind of upset by some of the, you know, uh, uh, um, you know, decisions they make. But yeah. I, I, I will see it again. I just need some time, and also I'll say the, the discourse isn't helping. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So I'll, I, I, I'm maybe like in a week or two, I revisit it. I'm hoping, you know, some things that I love about it will stand up, um, and maybe it'll grow on me. But right now, I'm like, yeah. I mean, it's. It, it's it's a Star Wars movie. That's mm-hmm. that's that's the highest praise I can give. It's a Star Wars movie. I had fun by the end. I think it did stick the landing. The very end, I I really I I choked up. I, I teared up. Uh, I and I was like, oh, yes, this is why I love Star Wars because moments <laughs> like that. And yeah, again, you know, it's I'm conflicted, but overall, I had a good time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's about where I am on that movie too. But I'll just leave my my hot takes on on that one for <laughs> <laughs> for the uh, appropriate episode. Yes. Um, but yeah, so we established in our in our intro episode that you're a lot more casual of a Star Wars fan than I. Yeah. Um. But what what has your relationship with the Phantom Menace been like over the years? Because it's complicated for everyone. It feels like at this point. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember if I said this on the intro. Maybe we were talking about this off mic. But it even started before Phantom Menace, my Star Wars fandom. Um, one of my, I guess the movie experience that got me into movies was watching the special edition of the first three Star Wars in 97. Mm. Like I was, I think, 10 years old uh, when those came out, when they were re-released in theaters with all of those, you know, George Lucas special effects. And I had never seen them before, and I was there because I just heard the hype. Um, and and those trailers and the TV ads sold me. They're like, hey, you know, for an entire generation, you know, the only way you could see Star Wars is on TV, but now it's on the big screen. And I'm like, okay, fine, I'll see them. <laughs> and I was just blown away. Um, I, I call that the the moment I think I fell in love with movies. It wasn't the first time I saw a movie in a theater. It was Flipper, like a year ago, a year before that. <laughs> I don't want I don't want to bring that up, but <laughs> I'll save that for the Flipper podcast we eventually do. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, but then that got me hyped. I, I'm assuming like a lot of people did. George Lucas was very smart in re-releasing mm-hmm. those movies, you know, two years before. 
yeah. uh, Phantom Menace. Got me hyped for Phantom Menace. I bought all the toys. You know, totally into the merchandising. That trailer, the the, the teaser trailer that came out, um, I was just obsessed with that. They, they played it on TV, and I I, I taped it off. Uh, I taped it on the, my VHS and just played it over and over. I was just so obsessed. But <laughs> and here's the thing: like I know I saw it in theaters. Like mm-hmm. I I'm the kind of person who collects movie tickets. And I, 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 a few years ago, I dug up my old box of movie tickets and I found this ticket stub. It was Phantom Menace, you know, 99. Um, what was it, like May something? Yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. it, there's proof. Mm-hmm. There's proof I saw it in theaters. I have no memory of seeing this in a theater. <laughs> like, <laughs> no memory. I don't know what happened. Like, I just got, my memory just got erased or oh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I remember seeing every other Star Wars movie after that in the theater. I saw, I remember seeing, Dragging like my sister <laughs> and, and like my, some of my family members to see Attack of the Clones. I remember being like in an angsty mood watching like Revenge of the Sith, you know, and, and then of course like the sequel trilogy. But I don't know, like for the life of me, I don't know why that is blocked out of my mind seeing The Phantom Menace for the first time in a theater. Um, so that's 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 the beginning of my <laughs> yeah. of my uh, 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 memories of this movie. It's just having no memory of it. <laughs> you know, yeah. and the weird thing is, you said that, and I kind of went honestly, same. <laughs> like I know I saw this movie in a theater. I almost certainly did because I know that I also saw the re-releases in theaters, and uh, I cannot remember seeing this in a the theater for the life of me. I remember watching it a lot at home because I was oh, yeah. a kid and it seemed like a masterpiece because all movies are masterpieces when you are a child. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting how, you know, opinions on this seem to have morphed over time because mine, you know, I loved it when I was a kid because I was like seven when it came out. So it was the best movie ever. And then, you know, time went on and I was like, oof, a doofa. <laughs> <laughs> and now, but now, I mean, I rewatched it to, you know, talk about it today. And I was like, I'm having a fun time. Like, yeah, yeah. this is kind of a mess, but there's a lot of experimentation that, you know, leads to like the future of modern filmmaking in this movie. <laughs> and it's really interesting. Yeah. There, cause like, um, and I forgot to bring this up. Um, I was obsessed, and, and it was around this time when, what was it, the Nintendo 64 released the uh, the, the Pod Racer game. Mm-hmm. And that <laughs> has a bigger imprint on my memory than the movie itself when I was a kid. Because <laughs> that game was awesome. I remember playing, I remember going to a friend's house and playing it. Um, and even the, the actual, the Phantom Menace video game for like PlayStation, I remember yep. playing that just, you know, uh, yep. that's, that's like stuck with me. I remember playing the whole thing and getting to the end and like you, you like unlock the Duel of the Fates music video and I play that over and over. <laughs> so, yes, <yeah>, so, <laughs> and then I, I guess it just leads to like, so after that, a few years later, I became like, you know, the pretentious high school film person and then college film person. And then I just, I, I was just like a majority of people or maybe a, 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 dwind, a dwindling majority now that just hated the, the, the prequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. And Phantom Menace turned my nose up at it, you know. Um, that, that was for a few years. And then, and then here's a turning point for me. Here's why I can say this is, for me in my book, um, it's... It, I can talk more positive than negative about this movie now. It wasn't until I saw this uh, in a marathon leading up to the premiere of The Force Awakens, mm. um, which was, what, like four years ago now? Yeah. Um, just crazy. I, I sat down and watched... <laughs> I know. I sat down and watched uh, the f- you know, s- six movies leading up to uh, The Force Awakens. So that was like at starting like at, what, 5 a.m. through like, like 7, 9 p.m., whatever. <sighs> Lord. <laughs> and of course, by the end, like, I love Force Awakens. There's a great capper. And of course, seeing the, the, the original trilogy on the big screen, even though it was the special edition, mm-hmm. you know, versions, that was a joy. And I, 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 by the end, I got a new appreciation of the prequel trilogy. And I could, and this is like a stupid way of saying it. I'm like, yes, I forgive you, George Lucas. You know, I was too, <laughs> I was too hard on you before. But mm-hmm. now, you know, um, after years of just shitting on it and just 
thinking, you know, these are uh, these are bad films. I'm like, no, like ah, at least he tried something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 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 it looks amazing. I, I I love the world he built, and you know, I dig the political intrigue, and yeah, there's a lot going. There's a lot going on there that I'm just like, okay, yeah. Um, it may not all work, but like I'm on board. Like I, yeah. I kind of miss this sort of. It is, it's, it is like almost experimental, like sort of mm-hmm. you know blockbuster filmmaking, mm-hmm. where it's not going where you expect it to, and it's taking you places where you're like, okay, that's kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, like, do we need? Characters like Jar Jar Binks leading us along. Yeah, it's like, yeah. and and uh, like, do we need all this time like in this underwater Gungan world? Um, but yeah, I don't know. But I, I'm like, yeah, take me on this trip. Show me how weird this can be. Yeah. So <laughs> overall, I'm like, yeah, I'm on board. Um, yeah. That's how I feel about Phantom Menace, especially. Yeah, and I mean, you're right. This this movie takes you to weird places and doesn't really hold back. But I mean, that I think this is the movie where you start realizing, you know, the older you get, how great Lucas is at yeah. world building, but yeah. how bad he is at basic things like dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Just normal human conversations are a little bit of a challenge for him. And it also makes you realize how much of a, a help Marsha Lucas was on those first ones, because from everything oh, yeah. I've heard, she's the person who reigned in the script a little bit. Uh, um, it, it it goes to show that that um, and even like um, I can't remember if somebody brought this up in like in a conversation or I, I read it somewhere or just my memory of watching those behind the scenes documentaries. And like, I was like, I mean, as much as I say like I don't like when I was younger, I didn't like these movies. I still like. I dove deep in those DVDs. I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know if like the Blu-rays have those like you know, um, you know, extensive behind-the-scenes documentaries. I'm sure they do, mm-hmm. but they're like worthwhile. Like even, all the, uh, even if you don't like Phantom Menace, just watch the documentaries and see just how, like how invested George Lucas is in creating all this stuff and how just. <laughs> unfiltered like unhinged he is <laughs> it's like creating it's 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 his, it's his world he's he's the mastermind and it go yeah kind of like what you're saying maybe he's just he needed like that um you know somebody tapping on a show going yeah do we need like <laughs> this or this but i also appreciate it. i'm like yes go crazy <laughs> i yeah, yeah he, he why, does, not? why not <laughs> exactly why not why not um because, like, for me, the only problems I have with this is, yes, the dialogue is cringy at times. The one thing I'm like, it, it's the humor like, that mm-hmm. I'm like, oh. Uh, but I also have to remind myself, and, and this, is a, this is like, we could talk about this, because I'm interested in your viewpoint on this. It's like, like Star Wars, like, uh, part of me is like, this, like, is this, like, for me? Like, oh, I could say... The Phantom Menace, it may have been geared towards like kids more than adults. Mm-hmm. I think I don't know how you feel about that because like that's that's what that's what went through my mind watching it this time. Yeah, I'm like maybe I'm not the right mindset to really appreciate this. Like maybe it is for that PG crowd, mm-hmm. and I I, I I think my I think even like my uh, niece and nephews like enjoy this movie in particular. So I think. It's made for kids of, of just just kids that are in the right age that can appreciate yeah. humor like this. So, and I'm like, sure. Like, I, I, it's not that I am saying that I want this to be like, you know, <laughs> um, uh, you know, people constantly just cutting each other in half, which just happens yeah. in this movie. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what, what went through my mind. I, I don't mm-hmm. know how you feel about that. How this movie, maybe yeah. more in particular, is like made more for kids than anything else. Yeah, it is. But that is, it's an interesting perspective and take for like, and I think that like Lucas himself would say that whenever people criticize things like Jar Jar Binks, he'd be like, well, that's for the kids. And it's like, okay, cool. But you know, people are also getting chopped in half. And (laughs) and this, and, and this prequel trilogy is going to end in like Anakin, like, killing his wife and like you know like killing a room full of children and all that so you like the oh it's for kids that excuse only goes like so far because yeah. it's like well well but that's the like, thing eh. it, 
it, it surprised me that when I played this uh, the the Blu-ray of it, uh, the the rating was PG, and I go, oh, that's right. The first two yeah. in this trilogy, uh, uh, Phantom Menace: Attack of the Clones, was PG, and then it didn't go to PG thirteen until Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's right. It's like, like yeah, like, yeah. It's interesting. I think because like for sure, Revenge of the Sith. I remember that was a big deal. It being PG thirteen. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, oh yes, we're gonna finally get like. <laughs> it's um, again. It's not like we haven't seen it before. I mean, even Attack of the Clones. It was it was it Anakin gets his arm cut off too? Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So and even in the original trilogy, there's plenty of violence there. So uh, I, I guess, mean, yeah. <laughs> with Revenge of the Sith, it's absolutely just like how far that one goes and how dark it is about its violence. This one is it's pretty campy still, you know. It's like, campy. It, yeah, it's yeah. fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's still though within the series that like those dark things happen at the end of to use the excuse of like well jar jar is fine because it's for kids it's like well (laughs) well (laughs) like i mean kids are gonna get murdered in a couple movies on screen like that's you know a boy george georgie boy that's a little that's a little alarming um and I mean, some of the characters, I mean, everybody, I mean, we've all critiqued the Jar Jar Binks, like, depiction, uh, and how kind of, like, racially insensitive <laughs> it yeah. can be interpreted as, which isn't great for kids either. That didn't bother me so much this time. Uh, Watto, though. Oh, and, I was going to bring that up. <laughs> and and the Trade Federation guys. Oh, my God. As soon as the Trade Federation guys opened their mouths, I was like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> no yeah. Those those verses in particular, I thought the same thing, have not aged well. No. Um, I'm like, God, like, what, what is yeah, Watto in particular? Oh, my God. What, what are you doing there? George, what are you doing there? Yeah, not great. <laughs> not a great look um, to throw in your, your fun kids sci-fi movie. Um, but, like, I don't know. There's also... I feel like it would be worse if... Okay, it is worse for Watto because Watto also has, like, looks... Like, things on, on his character design that emphasize the stereotype that he is trying to put, you know obviously put into Watto. Yeah. It's not as bad with the Trade Federation guys, because at least they don't have racial, like, figures. <laughs> like, fig- like facial figure, like like Watto does. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and um, Watto has, yeah, like you're saying, Watto has those, the appearance and also the characteristics. Um, yeah. He wants to keep gambling. He's obsessed with money. Oof. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's not a good look. Not it's good very look. bad. But at the same time, I don't know, I also have a little bit of fondness in my heart for Watto, so... What I, 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 <laughs> I like that he became, like, a meme in the last, like, yeah. five years. Because, like, yeah. Um, I, I wish kind of Saboba had that same kind of meme <laughs> factor. Because oh I'm a big gosh, fan of Saboba. So much meme potential in Sebulba, I can't believe. Now, as soon as you said it, I was like, "Oh my god, why don't we have Sebulba mean me?" <laughs> Come on, let's start that right now. Yeah, we oh, need to start this. This is like a kind of like a a tangent, but talking about uh, Sebulba. Um, I remember somebody brought this up when the whole uh, uh, was it uh, uh, McClunky thing happened. Yeah. Uh, the Disney Plus, you know, remasters, and they put it in a New Hope, and Greedo says uh, McClunky now. Apparently, Saboba, somebody had pointed out Saboba says that in Phantom Menace. I paid attention to it, and I did hear a McClunky from Saboba. Oh, really? So, yes. It changes everything. <laughs> yeah. So, and he was saying it to um, Anakin, like, mm. as kind of like an insult, I think. So, ah, I think there's, oh. there's a connection there, listeners. I mean, go back and rewatch both scenes and tell me what you think. <laughs> and we just yeah. don't get subtitles because it's just that explicit of a Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. So the subtitle is just go go rewatch Phantom Menace, jerks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, oh man, this movie, it's just, you know, one of the things that I noticed like going through this time is the thing that is still nice about this one, right, is that there is a certain amount of physicality. Like you can tell when, you can tell because nobody knows how to act in a fully green screen room yet. Like this is brand new <laughs> technology. Uh, so whenever they reach like the Gungan, you know, thing underwater, you can tell that like Liam Neeson is going, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> but yeah. because we still have some physical sets, it's like kind of fine. It's kind of grounded, 
you get into like more of an issue in the next movie whenever almost nothing is real. But it's interesting to see how like the contrast works with this like the new tech and the fact that nobody knows how to handle it. Yeah. And the physical I, stuff. I kept that in mind watching this because I'm pretty sure this was shot on film. Mm-hmm. But of course, it was, you know, it's filled with CGI. Then it wasn't yeah. until the next one that he just went all digital. Mm-hmm. And I think Attack of the Clones is one of the first digital, like all digital uh, yeah, films. I think so. Um, so I had that in mind. And like keeping, keeping a close eye on the special effects this time, I'm like, like, yeah, some of it works. Some of it's dodgy. There's like one scene, I think, at the Jedi Temple that I think like they just copied and pasted Liam Neeson in that I could definitely tell was like, wait a second. <laughs> or they, or they like adjusted him somehow. He just seemed off. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, like, yeah, like the 1999 special effects weren't there. Although I don't, oh, again, this is one thing I wanted to bring up actually, um, uh, on this, on this, uh, podcast. Like, uh, this opens up a whole can of worms. It's like, <laughs> when I say 99 special effects, like, I'm not sure if I'm right on that because the DVD, the Blu-ray I watched is like what from 2007 or something. I don't know when this mm-hmm. Blu-ray came out, but I think there there are changes here too. I don't know what has been changed. Like with mm-hmm. each home video release, you know, Lucas changed something, some things. Like you know, going from you you know what I missed? Yeah. Uh, watching it this time, I miss Puppet Yoda in Phantom Menace. Yeah. Because. I mean, CGI Yoda looks fine, but I kind of just miss that raggedy old puppet, yeah, you know, know yeah. 1999 version of Yoda. Because, like, after, I think, once it hit DVD or Blu-ray, Lucas just reverted to, you know, he just he just made Yoda CGI Yoda, like you see in, like, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of mm-hmm. the Sith. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know what has been changed in, like, on this Blu-ray compared to, like, the old, like, theatrical and DVD cuts in terms of, like, you know... Special effects you may not, you know, notice, mm-hmm. but I, but those ones that you, the big changes, I'm like, yeah, uh, he's, he's, he's always making special editions and yeah, yeah, again, it's, it's odd watching these movies and how the version I'm watching now is not the version I, I apparently saw back in theaters. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's weird. It's that whole, like, it's the whole, like, Berenstain, Berenstain Bears thing that happened, <laughs> you know, where you go you forget about like the original version of it. Like I got recommended on YouTube, a like video comparing puppet Yoda to real Yoda in Phantom Menace. And I literally went, wait, there was a puppet at some point. I, what? Yeah, like exactly. I, I didn't remember this I think because he's just like, and that's the problem, right? Of like making changes on every release is then the old stuff gets phased out and then like the old original versions of the movies get forgotten and like how they originally looked gets forgotten and sometimes how they looked was better <laughs> yeah uh, or it just had that appeal i th- i think it's so burned in my brain that puppet mm-hmm. yoda because the puppet yoda is in the trailer is in the fan mm-hmm. trailer which is iconic it's one of the best trailers of all time yeah um that teaser trailer that i think played before Meet Joe Black, like in 1998. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I just want to see Puppet Yoda, <laughs> like old Puppet Yoda, <laughs> like just, just the aesthetic alone. Mm-hmm. Like, um, but yeah, I mean, not. And there's that scene towards the end in the Jedi Temple when you see CGI Yoda walk. And I remember, I do remember watching the uh, the older version with Puppet Yoda and seeing the Puppet Yoda walk. I, th- I don't. I uh, see. This is why I want to see the the. You know, clips of this, or maybe try to find the original version of the movie. Mm-hmm. I'd say, I, I want to know if like it was the puppet Yoda walking in the original version, or if it was a CGI Yoda. Because like I'm just like, yeah. Again, it's a Berenstein Bears thing, like, like you said. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like I I want to know if that was a, a thing I remember seeing, uh, or just it's just I'm just making it up. Oh man. Well, maybe maybe after this, I'll scroll through my YouTube history and shoot you the video I yeah, found of, comparing of, the two. Yeah, if it's either a CGI Yoda walking in the original cut, or if it's the puppet Yoda walking, just I'm, I'm interested in how they did that in '99, yeah. and not like yeah. 2006 when the when they changed the the Yoda. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this this movie is like 
so interesting for all of these like reasons and you know and some of the thing one of the notes i have is that honestly some of the like super fake cgi stuff is like genuinely good you know like yeah. i love every like shot of like naboo you know a huge shot like sweeping over all the scenery of naboo even though it's entirely fake and entirely digital and it looks it you know but, like, there's some stuff where they just really take the, you know, outrageousness of how crazy you can get with the CGI, and it works, and it's beautiful in a really bizarre and different way than we had seen before this, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. It, uh, that, uh, the battle on Abu, uh, between the, the, was it the, the, the bots, mm-hmm. uh, and the, the, the Gungans... Like that's, <laughs> I had to keep reminding myself. Yeah, this is all CGI, but I think it still works. Like it, yeah. it, it doesn't. It's not like for me today. Obviously, like if George Lucas was still in charge and had another go at it, I'm sure he'd change it and like make it more photo real. Mm-hmm. You know, more pixels, like make it more detailed. But I don't know. Like I found it just the aesthetic of it. You know, those special effects still hold up. It because like I just buy into it. Yeah. Um, the animation itself, it, it works, uh, as, as, as like cringy as I think Jar Jar Binks can be. I still think his, his actual, his actual like, uh, movements and mm-hmm. everything he does, I think it all works. Um, yeah. and yeah, uh, it was, it's, it's still an, an achievement in terms of like blockbuster effects. Uh, yeah. cause it, it's, it's. It managed like to to move me to like make me excited about like certain action scenes, even though yes, yes you know it's we're we're coming up on no we, we've already passed twenty years um uh, uh you know the twentieth anniversary of this movie and yeah yeah I think uh yeah it, again for me today it'd be it'd look entirely different but I don't know mm-hmm. if it'd have have the same like feel same mm-hmm. like uh you know. It's it's that movement that keep, that just keeps me interested. Yeah, for sure. Did you, by chance, watch this in in four K or no? No, I I still don't have. I have Disney Plus, but don't have four K gotcha. like, uh, capability for it yet. Yeah, I have, I have to buy like a new Apple TV or something, or wait for the app to, you know, uh, uh, you know, update on my TV so I can play it in four K. I saw this, uh, the the version I I saw I would think was because if you saw it on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. I think we saw different versions. I'm sure because, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, I have the Blu-ray from again. I'm not sure what year it came out. I think okay. So I think the DVDs came out mid 2000s, and the Blu-rays came out like two two thousand twelve or something, two thousand thirteen. Yeah, I was about so, to say pretty yeah. late. Yeah, because um, everybody was waiting. You know, like when is Star Wars the, the you know the the Blu-rays coming out? And it mm-hmm. finally came out. And now we're waiting for the 4K uh, disc releases, which are apparently is coming out later this year. Um, but, uh, but no, yeah. To answer your question, I just saw the Blu-ray. Yeah. I was asking because like one of my notes is that whenever it's in like 4k, <laughs> Jar Jar <laughs> gets a little rough <laughs> because I mean, you know, once it's in 4k, right. The, the edges of him being animated first, like compared to the real world that he's set in front of get very like startling <laughs> and a little like disarming. Um, but yet, like you said, it's the movement of how that character is animated and the motion capture, like, te- I mean, very early days of motion capture. Um, but the way that they, you know, they didn't, well, I guess I say, I say motion capture, but I think with this performance, they probably mostly just like filmed Ahmed Best and then like based the animation off of what he was doing. Um because I, the whole, like, suit with dots and everything wasn't really around until Lord of the Rings, I do believe. Um, you yeah. just did a Lord of the Rings podcast. You should, <laughs> you should maybe know about this, hopefully. Um, um, I, I do know that, yeah, I, th- I think you're, you're, you're right because um, they didn't capture... Uh, um, for, for Ahmed Best, I think you're right. They, they just shot him performing... 
Yeah. And he had like kind of a cardboard cutout of Jar Jar Binks and an, yeah. an, you know, an eye line that Liam Neeson and Ewan yeah. McGregor can look at. I was about to say, I think I saw like a picture of him literally wearing like a cardboard cutout exactly. of Jar Jar Binks' yeah. head on his head. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but you're right. They, they didn't have like the, the dots. Uh, that yeah. wasn't until, yeah, Lord of the Rings, uh, Gollum and Andy Serkis where they... I'm because I, I, yes, I host, I yeah. host the Lord of the Rings podcast. I watched <laughs> all the appendices. Um, yeah, that's when they t- they um, they built that technology where they had yeah. the dots and they had the camera, yeah. uh, um, you know, fastened to Circus's head and they were filming him as he performed. Um, they, yeah, they weren't there yet. They were like, you know, three years, off, two or three years off from. Uh, from that technology, but, uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah I remember <laughs> the behind the scenes stuff with Ahmed Best and Jojo Binks, um, <laughs> um, him being on set in that ridiculous Jar Jar like <laughs> outfit. Outfit, yeah. yeah. No, I had to sanity check myself on that whole motion capture thing because here's a fun fact and a slight <laughs> humble brag, but uh, the guy who actually developed the whole like motion capture suit with the little dots and everything and whatnot was a professor at my school in the department that I majored in. So I actually got to talk to him a little bit about it and he was, he was very cool dude, but yeah, this I'm pretty sure was just like, let's put Ahmed best in a green screen suit (laughs) with an (laughs) eyeline cut cardboard cutout of uh, Jar Jar's head and just use this as reference footage. Um, but it works. It's kind yeah. of, I mean, you know, animation is a beautiful thing in its own right. And the, I think the CG artists do a very good job of getting Jar Jar animated the way he's intended. Now, whether or not the intent is good, that's a different question. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he is a well-crafted thing, whether or not, you know, whatever opinion you have about him as a thing. Um and the same goes for, like, Watto. I don't know how they did motion capture for Watto. I'm not sure if they did that kind of thing. But Watto is, like, a really well-crafted, you know, CGI creation. Um, and, again, the intent is questionable. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, I mean, that's the thing, right? Is It's more glaring whenever you see those CGI creatures added into our old trilogy. But in here, whenever... You get you 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 suspend your disbelief after the first couple, and you're like, okay, it doesn't look perfect, but I'm in. I get it. This is how they're all gonna look. And once you get past that, it's fun. And oh man, I just realized we absolutely must talk about the pod race scene very specifically because it's so good. It's so good still. Like that is that scene still feels pretty damn like unimpeachable to me as a as a piece of exciting filmmaking yeah i was gonna segue into that talking about like creature design and how mm-hmm. one of the things that sticks out for me um is still that like pretty much every creature is has that you know care and has that thought about like let's make this look crazy and weird and alien yeah. and and you see that in full force during the pod race mm-hmm. um <laughs> It's like, <laughs> crazy enough, one of my favorite Star Wars characters is that announcer with the two heads, <laughs> <laughs> voiced by a comedian, voices him. Um, but it, because <laughs> I, I, it's, it's, it's funny um, to me that there's an announcer with two heads and like one speaks English, like, like a, like a freaking, like, um, like a sports announcer. The other one's just an alien. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but the pirates itself, man, like, oh, like it's, it's definitely, a th- it is, okay. I was going to say it's the best thing about this movie, but it's the second best thing. It's for, first best thing we'll talk about later. Yeah. Um, but man, it's still so exciting. Like it, 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 much like, you know, the original trilogy, it created something in this world that felt new and, mm-hmm. and something you had never seen before. Yeah. And iconic, iconic, <laughs> like the the vehicles, the sound, the look of yeah. it. Ah, oh, everything's just. I, I'm surprised. Or m- maybe you know this, Kelly. I'm surprised this has pod racing hasn't shown up more in like other Star Wars things. I mean, has oh, it? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it was a big merchandise point at the at the time. I remember that. I I remember going to my local Chuck E. Cheese and just beelining it for the like pod racing arcade cabinet. Um, (laughs) and my own art, you know, pod pod racing video games at home. But you know, the thing is, no, it, it hasn't 
it really shown up again. And I kind of wish, I mean, maybe in some extended universe stuff I haven't gotten to yet, you know? Um, but I kind of wish it did because it's fun. I remember that there is, there was like a PlayStation 2 video game that was like pod racing or something. And it tried to sell you on the fact that Anakin Skywalker just stopped Jedi training because he heard somebody was threatening his pod racing throne. <laughs> <laughs> and he was just racing his same pod racer, but in like Jedi ropes. And I was like, oh all right, gosh. sure. <laughs> But it's just so, you know, me and Rocky, uh, whenever we recorded the Return of the Jedi episode, we're talking about sound design and the creation of the uh, chase scene through the forest. Oh, yeah. And how that's still just like a really beautiful, wonderful piece of filmmaking. Um, and this has the same feeling of like adventure and excitement. And it just, oh, it just makes me so excited about Star Wars. And, like, it's one of the few moments where, like, I'm genuinely kind of, like, on board with Jake Lloyd and his <laughs> very sometimes irritating small child performance. Not his fault. No, um, no. But, you know, and I think also the fact that we have all the, you know, it's motion. It's in motion. So the CGI isn't quite as glaring as it is in certain other parts of the movie. Um, and it's just, it just... This is one of the moments in the prequels that feels the most like the original trilogy Star Wars magic. Yeah. And I love it. It's very close to my heart. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I said, it's it's something we haven't seen before done so well Yeah, like, um, of its world. And I think the best Star Wars movies tend to have those moments or those, those, <laughs> those places that you're like, oh, that's something new I have never seen before. Or if one of the movies does something you've never seen before, you go, oh, like, this is amazing. This is Star Wars to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about, like, moments in, like, The Last Jedi that made me just go, oh, I've never seen this before. But yeah. they pull off so well. Um, but, yeah, that's that's what the pod race is to me. I'm, I'm like, yes. <laughs> and it still works. <laughs> yeah, like you said, like, it's just, just, it's all about speed. And there are shots, like, some shots in particular that... You know, it just doesn't feel like CGI. It feels mm-hmm. like they're actually going through this desert yeah, on this alien planet. It just feels so real. And yeah, uh, he pulled it off. George Lucas mm-hmm. pulled this off. And plot-wise, who cares if you need it or not? <laughs> it's like, because the whole movie is just... <clears throat> and that's, I guess we haven't talked about the plot, really. But the whole movie, it's just them just falling into these situations. Yeah. And they just end up, you know, betting on a pod race on Tatooine. Sure. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not? Because <laughs> one thing I love about Star Wars um, is that, especially like in the first one, in A New Hope, it's just it's all about like happenstance. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. like these droids just you know, f- happen to fall on, you know, Tatooine and <laughs> they're yeah. found by Luke Skywalker. Uh, what are the chances? So, yeah. So them just falling into like these the situations and then finding Anakin and, you know, him being the chosen one. I'm like, sure, I'll roll with it. Who cares? It's, it's a fantasy it's movie. Fine, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No. And I mean, it's true that the plot of this one doesn't get, it's, it's not yet, bogged down in the politics of you know this prequel trilogy um i think it's interesting that uh we tried to make this prequel trilogy a like political kind of like thriller kind of thing but this one is definitely better off for not constantly cutting away to be like this is what's happening in the senate right now (laughs) Uh, (laughs) it it only happens like maybe twice in this movie i think Yeah, yeah yeah And I mean, it's all, I don't know, it's its all, like, it all feels right still, like, within, I, the only stuff that starts getting dicey is whenever they really try to, like, get into the, I mean, like, even the opening crawl, like, kind of makes me go, ugh, because it's, oh, like, that's right. it's it immediately is, talking about trades, yeah, <laughs> like, trade routes and stuff, just, and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I, I put myself in the mindset of somebody watching this in 1999, and yeah, okay, yeah, sure. I understand people were mad <laughs> at this in 99. Yeah. They didn't know, you know, the context. And I'm sh- I'm sure, I'm hoping a lot of people who saw it in 99 hated it and see it now, they'll appreciate it for what it is. Yeah. But when you walk into Phantom Menace <laughs> expecting, <laughs> like, a Star Wars movie, mm-hmm. you know, that you're accustomed to. Yeah. 
and it opens up with a crawl talking about taxes <laughs> trade federations and a blockade a blockade and you're like what <laughs> what's happening what's right happening? Now? but but no but i i i i do like the political intrigue the overall story of the prequels i i i i i like it i'll say that i like it and i did this is one thing i did forget though Callie, um palpatine okay mm-hmm. see i i i this is how dumb i am it's like they don't call palpatine palpatine in revenge of no in the sorry return of the jedi do they just call him the emperor right the emperor yeah yeah which yeah, is crazy so. to me i'm like wait a second it's like that's right this is the first time they say palpatine and they kind of mm-hmm. they retcon that right so the emperor in return of the jedi he's not just the emperor He's Emperor Palpatine. He's Palpatine, yeah. So I'm like, wow, okay, and and yeah, it's. And then I thought about that once they said Palpatine. I'm like, oh, that's right. Like the whole the whole gimmick, the whole plot, the 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 Phantom Menace. I guess you could say, is that Senator Palpatine is playing both roles. He's the you know the Sith Lord and the Senator playing both sides. And I'm like, <laughs> it's like. Uh, I know they're, they teased it at the very end, but I'm like, wait, aren't people supposed to like just know this immediately? So it kind of threw me for a loop, like how Lucas plays it, mm. you know, not showing his hand right away, not saying definitely, oh, these two are the same person. But yeah, it's it was odd seeing in that context. Like back in 99 when this was first released, like was he just playing it very cat, like kind of like, oh, it's like, uh, by the way, <laughs> you know, <laughs> these two are the same person. <laughs> Did you notice that this Did you is notice? the same actor? <laughs> like, guys, He's hey. just not wrinkly yet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. So, and then especially seeing it in the context with um, Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, yes. Um, uh, I forget the actor's name, but... Uh, Ian McDermott. Ian McDermott, yes. I, I, I like him. I do. Yeah. I, think, I think he plays that pretty well. Although he he, he lays he, it on thick. In yeah, I was gonna three. say. <laughs> oh, even in this, he lays it on thick. Like yeah, when, yeah. when he's like in uh, uh, Padme's ear, saying, "Now they're going to pick like the the, the, the rightful <laughs> leader of the Senate." <laughs> like, whoa, chill out, dude. You're the good guy. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, I know. It, there are moments where he talks, and you're just like, "Really? None of y'all are none of y'all are getting the heebie-jeebies <laughs> off this dude? Seriously?" Um. God, and that gets worse as as the trilogy goes on, because you're just like, in the second and third ones, you're just like, what's going on? Um, but it's, it's wild. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's wild. uh, he's just wild. I mean, like, God, he's just like, like, like we said, he bounces between like a reasonable level and the most, <laughs> and there's nothing in between, like, um, but uh, but let's be real. I mean, I love him. I wasn't. Oh yeah. Uh, to circle back around to Rise of Skywalker, I wasn't upset that the Emperor was back. Um, other things involving the Emperor, I was upset about. Yeah. But, like, the well, fact that he was back, no, because I love him. He's a dork. No, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not to get too bogged down, but I'm like, uh, I don't know if they. This isn't spoiling. If they had made a better effort to kind of bring him back in a better way, because <laughs> mm-hmm. they, because mm-hmm. he's just there. Yeah, and Rise of Skywalker. I'm like, but why? <laughs> you don't give like and his reason. and his plan changes every five seconds. Yeah, <laughs> and but, it's just like what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 not that I don't like him being there. It's just like he's just there. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. But uh, but anyway. But um, <laughs> yeah. I, I I do like seeing him in that role. I think he does excellent. I think throughout this entire trilogy, yes, he does play like <laughs> either very big or just like almost big. Um, but I think it works. I think he works. As like the main villain of this whole yeah. thing, um, yeah. So th- they had that going for them in this trilogy. I think he's the he's the best villain out of the entire saga. I guess he's I guess you could say he's the main villain of the whole saga, the nine yeah. movies. Um, even though he's only in like what like seven of them, <laughs> um, <laughs> but still, um, or not even seven. He's in like he's not even in New Hope. He's in he shows up in Empire, mm-hmm. and oh, like that's another change. Like, uh, they added him in to the DVD or the special edition of mm-hmm. um, The Empire Strikes Back. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. The The original actor who apparently was wearing, like, a monkey mask. 
in Empire Strikes Back <laughs> in the original cuts. Um, they took that out and put uh, uh, it was a, a, a Ian McDermott. McDermott, yeah, yeah. in um, the '97 cut. Anyway, yeah. Speaking of special editions, oh. <laughs> anyway. But oh man, this movie. One of the other things that I mean, obviously, we talked in episode zero about my uh, love of costuming and whatnot. But this movie, and I mean, honestly, the whole prequel trilogy, I think, is where like the really crazy costumes start to shine. Because man, every single thing that Am- Amidala comes out wearing. Oh whew, my god. Whew, <sighs> We, it's we, so good. We haven't talked about Nanny Portman at all. Oh but, yeah. Uh, but she, I mean, this is. I was young enough to to realize. Oh, I have a crush on Nanny Portman. Um, <laughs> she's amazing. She's amazing in this. And um, uh, Amidala Padme, like uh, God, she, they, her looks are amazing. They again, uh, Lucas gets so much right. Even if you don't think the movie itself is like good, but the, these, the character design, the yeah. the costume design, yeah, it's like where else are you gonna see that? Where else are you gonna <laughs> get like that makeup or that hair? And oh, yeah, no, I mean the costumes, especially that she's wearing, just seem like they shouldn't even be possible. Like it's a, it's amazing to me that nothing on them is CGI out of all the stuff that's CGI in in these <laughs> movies. Um, and they're also the kind of costumes that I look at and go, I'd love to make that. That's never going to happen. Absolutely <laughs> not. There's no way. Um, but, you know, it was uh, this this movie was also like cool for me because like this was one of the first times I went and saw a movie and then was actually able to like go buy the costume from the movie and like oh, wear wow. it. And uh, I was Amadala for Halloween afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> That's and, amazing. I remember the cheap plastic headdress and everything. It was great. <laughs> oh man! Uh, as for me, I I bought all of the toys. I bought every mm-hmm. single. I bought the. Uh, I bought Darth Maul on his like little speeder bike thing. Mm-hmm. That was amazing. Oh, and I also had those toys with. Um, oh, we haven't talked about this yet, by the way. The the the. the uh, okay, I'll talk about the toy first. The okay. toy was this. Uh, maybe you know this. Hopefully you do. Mm-hmm. This is like it was like shaped like a midi chlorian reader or something. Yep. And each action figure would come with like a chip. Yep. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and you put the chip on this reader and it would say lines from the movie. Oh, I wish I could remember what this was what it was called, but yes, 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 yes. yes. But uh yeah, I had a lot of those. <laughs> <laughs> and I think my mother gave them all away to uh you know, children who wanted them and I was like an adult by then, I'm gonna go, Okay, fine. They can have them, but I'll be sad. I don't have them anymore. <laughs> it's fine. It's whatever. Um, but yeah, that was... Th- those were toys. I-, I don't know if like toys nowadays have that kind of like intricacy and like... <laughs> uh, um, not usefulness, but like just wastefulness of like... <laughs> gonna make you buy this thing and then you're gonna collect these like little chips and put them on this thing. And all, all it does is just save lines from the movie. That's all it does. Yep. Yeah. Anyway. My favorite my favorite like sound clip piece of merchandise these days for the this last movie that they made was a like lightsaber that has a voice recorder in it <laughs> so that you can add your own sound effects so that your voice going wow can happen when you swing the lightsaber <laughs> well, which is wild. Insane. <laughs> Why would I want oh, that? Yeah. <laughs> You know there's some kid out there running around right now with a fart lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> just like <laughs> And I but like I don't know. You know this movie was really I think where like the wild Star Wars like merch started happening. And um I don't know. At the, like yeah, it's it's cheap and it's them trying to capitalize off of it, but also as somebody who like, you know, is constantly wearing like two pieces of Star Wars merch at all times like it's I'm good with it. Yeah, but, <laughs> I'll throw my money at him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the fact that the again the character design, all this design looked yeah amazing. And you wanted I, all yeah, the toys, <laughs> exactly. I'd be happy with like a Watto toy because like mm-hmm. wh- what else looks like Watto? <laughs> 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 like a flying like bug thing. I don't know what he is, um, but yeah, it's it's. It's or cool. even like Darth Maul. I think I had a Darth Maul action figure or something that like 
came apart in the middle, like with a magnet or something. I oh can't remember. <laughs> oh, that's insane uh, too. I don't think I ever saw that. I feel like I did. Maybe I'm making that up. But I, but I you know, I wouldn't Somebody be surprised. Make <laughs> Somebody make it if it doesn't exist. Um, and I'm just, if I'm just making it up, somebody else can have that. <laughs> but like, oh, and man, you know what? Darth Maul. Let's, yeah. let's talk about that last so about, battle. Yes. I was going to say boy. earlier, I was like, oh, the pod base is the best thing. He's like, no, no, no. no. Duel of the Fates. Yeah. That's, that's the best thing. It's great. I mean, it's so good. It strikes the right balance, right, between the very, very choreographed nature of these prequel fights and the, like, still feels like they're fighting for their lives, you know? Oh, yeah. I, uh, each time I see it, and this time especially, like, I kept a close eye on, like, the act, like, Ewan McGregor, especially, at the end, mm-hmm. uh, fighting alone against Darth Maul. I'm like, is, yeah. that, is that Ewan McGregor swinging that lightsaber? <laughs> So it looks like it. If it was a stunt double, if it was like a face, you know, uh, uh, transplant like on the stunt double, whatever it was, it looked like Ewan McGregor was like putting his heart out and like swinging that lightsaber like he was a maniac. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's that's amazing. And I'm sure it was a lot of Ewan McGregor, but I'm sure they had some oh, yeah. stunt double in there too. But uh, just the way it's choreographed and shot and paced, oh, it's... It's so good. It's, it's great. So good. It's so uh, good. And 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 Ray Park, who yes. plays uh, Darth Maul, is just nailing every single swing, every step. I mean, like you know, he's not doing much in terms of like actual character necessarily. The face me- makeup is doing that on its own. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just like it's such a good like physical stunt work performance, um, and it's wonderful. It just feels. Right, it's got that right Star Wars magic and tone to it, and it's good. It feels good. It feels great. Yeah, I love it. Uh, his performance is definitely like a body performance. Um, mm-hmm. Because isn't it? Isn't uh, Peter Serafinowicz doing the voice of yes. Darth Maul? Yeah, yeah. In the rare moments where you hear Darth Maul's voice, <laughs> yeah, for like three <laughs> lines, and that's yeah. it. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, Ray Park because like. I, I I don't know much about Ray Park other than this, and also he was in what was it X Men? Uh, I think so. In two thousand, I think that's it. And then of course he's at conventions, and like um, I saw a video of him with like Kylo Ren's. Yeah, uh, sword. I saw the video too. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, and swinging around. Um, I think the tweet said like, "Oh, like Kylo Ren's saber isn't like um, uh, lo- uh, logistically has a flaw. correct. It has yeah. a flaw or something, whatever." And then you see just Ray Park just swinging with it like. Like a goddamn pro. Like, it? <laughs> like it's like it's his Darth Maul saber that exactly. doesn't have cross hilts. I mean, he's got no problem with the cross hilts whatsoever, and it's yeah. great. It rules. Oh my gosh. Well, uh, how do you feel about this, um, Darth? And I, I, I didn't really think too much about it until somebody brought it up, maybe like a few years ago. Because I am, I'm fine with Darth Maul's death, <laughs> you know, <laughs> in Phantom Menace. Uh, but like. People were like, oh, what if Darth Maul hadn't died? What if it was a mistake to have him die in the first one? Why not have him be, like, the bad guy in, like, the whole trilogy? Because he's Mm a pretty cool bad guy. I don't know how you feel Mm -hmm. about that. Because I'm like, uh... I'm okay with, like... I'm okay with, like... Who is it it in Attack of the Clones? Uh, Isn't it Christopher Lee? Yes. Yeah, he's a a very good bad guy. And, of course... He's great. (laughs) Yeah, he's very good. And then, uh, of course, because Palpatine's, like, the biggest bad guy in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I think Maul is one of the things that always I liked about Maul was the fact that he comes out of nowhere, he looks insane, and then he dies, and you don't get any story. You know, like you're just like, wait, what was that Sith demon who just came into this movie and then died? Like, what's going on there? And I think I've been told that, like, if you get into the Clone Wars series and some stuff like that, you start getting a little bit more backstory, at least about his world, if not him, because there's another character in that show who is another Sith that comes from his planet. Uh. Um, and, you know, I'm all for... I I am a big believer in... If you watch a Star Wars movie and you are mad about, oh, I don't know, 
uh, not to get too specific, but the Knights of Ren not having any context. Uh, like, we've always had characters in Star Wars who show up and look cool and have no context, and you need to go read a comic book to understand. Or, or a novel, you know, like, that has always been a part of it, even long before Disney owned these movies. And I, you know, I, the, there's a new comic book series out, not to get too into the sequel trilogy in our Phantom Menace uh, episode, <laughs> but called The Rise of Kylo Ren, where literally in the first few pages you learn what the Knights of Ren are and what they're about and why he went to them. And it's great. And... Maul is the same kind of thing where he comes in, he looks badass as hell for a movie, and then he gets chopped in half, and you go, I want to learn more about that guy. Let me go look him up. Um, and I think that's, I think it's wonderful. I think it's part of the whole, like, you plant the seed of a character that, you know, you hope people will love and latch on to, and then you build them out in a separate uh, thing. And I love Maul. I love that he gets his own stuff in the extended universe a little bit, and eh, I love it. I love it. I love all of Star Wars, the movies and the all the extra stuff. So. <laughs> yeah, and I, that that death uh, Morgan just kind of have that's that's classic. Um, yeah, <laughs> I I wouldn't trade that for the world because like yeah. I think I think the the pure surprise of it the excitement i had first watching it or i guess my memory or just the idea of that happening in this movie <laughs> just yeah. a bad guy just getting cut in half i'm like oh that's surprising and also pretty gory <laughs> you know so yeah, hey surprisingly so yeah <laughs> um but yeah i don't see but, that I mean, many pg the shot movies where he falls and like slow his body just suddenly come like comes apart and he's falling in like two pieces is so good. It's such a good, like, you know, CGI shot. And, like, it just, I don't know. It gives me kind of goosebumps every time. How yeah. he starts together and then comes apart. I'm just like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm just, yeah. It's a little, it's a little, a little gruesome for a movie that's definitely meant for kids. <laughs> but I, it's just wonderful. It's the bad guy getting the come up and he deserves, you know? Exactly. Uh, after that, uh, yeah, after Qui-Gon Jinn's death, which uh, another thing that kind of like, oh, surprised me, but I'm like, yeah, it's, it's like Lucas always says, um, I think he's like quoting somebody else when it's, when he says like, oh, it's like uh, poetry, it rhymes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are beats in this that are, you know, echoes of A New Hope. And yes, you mm-hmm. see like the, the, um, the master die and you see like the mm-hmm. apprentice come in and like take his reign. Um, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't totally surprising that Qui-Gon Jinn, uh, died. Leave me tonight. But I'm like, yeah, I'm still, <sighs> do, 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 do you know what I'm, what I'm upset about? Uh, Callie? What? Apparently I'm pretty sure this is like a thing like that actually happened, but I think Lucas shot Qui-Gon Jinn coming back for Revenge of the Sith as like a ghost. Like, uh, to tell Obi-Wan something. Mm-hmm. And they were going to put it in at the end of Revenge of the Sith. But <laughs> it's, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's anywhere. I don't think they put it out on DVD or I don't think it's. They, there's just like an awkward little scene at the end of Revenge of the Sith where Yoda's like, did you know that you can talk to Qui-Gon? Let me show you how <laughs> off camera <laughs> real quick. Uh, it's like, come on. It's kind of a weird scene. <laughs> like... <laughs> It's just this weird little bit of exposition just thrown in at the very end. Like, oh, by the way, Force Ghosts now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> are, are we going to see that in, like, the the um, the the Ewan McGregor Disney Plus show where he plays... Oh, um, I would love that. Yeah, uh, Ben Kenobi. Is that going to be the first scene? Who knows? Oh, I would be so excited if we got <laughs> that kind of a scene in that show. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Ah, but man, talk about it. Uh, a Disney Star Wars property that is very exciting. The Obi-Wan series. Is, I'm looking forward to that. Oh, yeah. W- uh, I forget which director of one of the Mandalorian episodes. Like, isn't she directing Deborah the whole thing? Chow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's exciting. And her episodes in Mandalorian are great. So yes, I'm yes. stoked about it. Yes. And we all know Ewan McGregor's been begging to return to this role like, for years. So. <laughs> for like a decade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Disney's like, okay, fine, whatever. All Just right, stop fine. coming by, you and <laughs> <laughs> stop pounding down our door. Um, uh, but he, he he is so good. He he has that like um, he's so young. He looks so young in this. Oh yeah, he's got that haircut. He's got that young face. 
Got um, that Padawan braid. Got, which is, I don't know, it's insane. <laughs> I'm not, it's like it on that tangent, you know, Jedi style. <laughs> but, oh, uh, the Jedi. Uh, but he's so, he's so good in this because he has that, um, that young sense of like, uh, well, uh, he, it's like he's like on the fence. He's like both like, yes, I can, I'm young, you know, uh, strong will, you know, uh, strong headed. But also at the end, he just has that like, he knows. <laughs> you know, he knows like uh, Qui Gon shouldn't take Anakin. Something might go wrong, so he's he's already well aware they're yeah. stepping into something that's yeah. uh, it's like too big for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I and like, man, we haven't even like really fully talked about the Jedi Order, but this is where the Jedi Order like you start if you're if you're me, an adult now with like context and. Of like year of therapy under her belt, where you start hearing the Jedi talk about how you should deal with emotions, and you're going, "Hold on, now <laughs> that that ain't right. That's not yeah, it." Yeah, <laughs> and it's just I really like as I've gotten older how my opinion and you know how I look at the Jedi has changed because it used to be like, "Oh well, they're the heroes, right?" And now I'm now I'm older and I look at them and I go. Nah, Anakin is kind of right to rebel against them the way he does, you know, not not to murder all the kids. But, <laughs> but you, I mean, you don't want to put that out there. <laughs> no, no, I don't want to put that energy into the world. Uh, but I mean, to fight back and to say, you know, the the to reject some of the teachings that they have, he's right. Like, they're bad. And like, they... You know, they insist that they can't train Anakin because he's, like, six like, or whatever. And it's just like, all right. You know, it's just I, I the narrative that starts getting established here of, like, maybe the Jedi Order sucks a little bit is really interesting and provides such a cool context for how we look at. I mean, that's that's what I think The Last Jedi is trying to come to terms yeah. with, too. See, and I yeah, love that. I, I was going to bring that up too. Like, like that made that makes me think of the Last Jedi and how that entire movie feels like, um, like it's leading to some balance. Yeah. Between like you know Jedi and Sith, like it, mm-hmm. can there be some balance? Like, is are there two? You know, are there are these two extremes just you know too much for each side? Can't there be like something in the middle? Yeah. Um, interesting <laughs> questions they brought up in Last Jedi. And I think it's something that also gets explored in some of the extended universe stuff. And yeah, I think in Clone Wars, there's a couple characters who like decide to reject like Jedi teaching and not become Sith, and they just like live in the gray somewhere in between. Yeah. Um, and I that's such an interesting concept, and it was a concept I was hoping to see more in the sequel movies. Uh, well, in, I mean, I wasn't. One. I was going to bring it up, but. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah. you know, it's just, but this one is definitely starting to establish that there are faults with both the Jedi and Sith mentalities, obviously more on the Sith side, um, but it's just interesting. And I just, I almost find it more interesting than, you know, a lot of the like political intrigue that's going on. I'm going, no, I want to delve into the like fucked up psychology of the Jedi <laughs> order. This is, this is wild, you know, um, it's good stuff. Just so oh, fun. Honestly, so you know, we've been talking about it. This is definitely going to be our longest episode so far. And I'm going, wait a second. This movie's good. <laughs> Just straight up good. There's some questionable stuff, but this is a good, fun movie. It's good. Yeah. Like like I said, like I, there are, there are things I, I don't think work. I think the humor for me, like I said in the beginning, yeah. is, it is the stuff that brings it down for me. But yeah. I can watch everything else, be entertained, be interested. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I'm just like, yeah, it's, it's, it's solid. It's fun. It asks some interesting questions, you know, there. And then of course that final lightsaber duel is amazing. So this, yeah. and the pod race scene is amazing. It, it, yeah. For me, I'm like, yes. It sets, uh, it sets up a lot of really cool things. And then the question of whether or not they all get paid off is, I don't know. <laughs> I, I mentioned this in the intro episode, Kelly, I think, or maybe it was off mic. I can't remember these things, but I'm like, okay, I'm going to do either one or I'm going to do either a new hope or Phantom Menace. One of those two, because mm-hmm. 
I don't think I can have this much energy for like Attack of the Clones. <laughs> no, <laughs> that may be my breaking point. <laughs> because um, I'll say this: going back to my story, and this will be the last thing I'll say. Going back to my story about watching this in a marathon leading up to Force Awakens, like four years ago, we were cracking up my audience during mm. Attack of the Clones, during those scenes <laughs> with Anakin and the sand, <laughs> that stuff. Oh, it's coarse. It's it's, <laughs> it's 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 painful, but I don't know. I I you know now that I've you know watched Phantom Menace, maybe I'll give Attack of the Clones another shot. Mm. I do have some good things to say about Wrench of the Sith, so it's not all bad. So yeah, um, but I think out of the three, this one was for sure of the prequel trilogy, the one I was most interested in talking about because, again, people. You know, come into this thing and the Phantom Menace, whatever, you know, disappointing, quote unquote, worst movie of all time, whatever. Now, put that yeah. aside. Yeah. You watch it again, uh, you know, be in awe of like what George Lucas managed to pull off. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. like world building, character design, all this stuff. Uh, focusing on trade, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and politics and putting all that in here and the Jedi stuff's interesting. So, yeah, a lot of it works and then a lot of it is is going right some of it nah, not so much but yeah overall interesting good movie i like yeah. phantom menace it's good it's good yeah, stuff it's good all right well marcello uh i guess let's wrap wrap things up what yes. what do you got that you want to plug to everybody uh talkfilmsociety.com uh the website it's good site. yeah it's it's a it's a very it's a very good site um <laughs> Uh, when this drops, uh, back a few weeks ago, we published our top 50 films of the decade, as chosen by you, the listeners, readers, followers. Uh, you did it. <laughs> <laughs> but we wrote about them. Uh, 14 staff writers came came in and wrote about uh, these films. You did, Callie. Yes, I did. You did. I did. Uh, several others did. And yeah, I liked how it turned out. It's been good, some good writing there. Um, so read that. And also, by the time this comes out, my top ten will be out there. Read that. And also podcasts. And, oh, patreon.com slash talkfromsociety. Uh, bonuses, yes. commentaries. Uh, do it up. Help us out. And that's it. Awesome. Yeah, and of course, you can find all my stuff at talkfilmsociety.com. Um, I guess you can find me on Twitter at CallieSmith92. Um, I should have a new Star Wars piece hopefully coming out soon in the next couple weeks, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, I just talked to you about that today, Marcelo, and (laughs) I I hope you're as excited about that piece as I am. I'm very excited. Um, So, yes, uh, great. Thank thank you for coming on the show, Marcelo. Thank you for having me. Again. (laughs) Truly, this was um, a fun talk about the Phantom Menace. Yes, yes, I had a lot of fun, and uh, this movie is not as bad whenever you really sit down and enjoy what's good about it. Exactly. And talk about it. So, yes, Uh, and for everybody listening, may the force be with you.